into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everyone? It's good to be with you today on a game day, which always makes it a beautiful day. Listen, football is king, but for BYU fans, men's hoops are starting to share the kingdom after that blowout of the Oregon Ducks earlier in the week. Let's just ride the wave, folks. Seriously, I can't remember a more exciting time to be a BYU fan since almost every single team on campus is thriving at a high level of competition. And we're basking in the sun, as it were. And speaking of sun, the Cougars face off the gridiron against the Sunbelt Conference's Georgia Southern today in Statesboro, Georgia. And coming on later in the show to help us get to know the Eagles fans and some of their rich traditions is radio broadcaster and producer Colin Lacey. But first, with not only college sports happening at the same time, the NBA and NFL are also in full swing. Chances are some of your favorite teams will be playing at the same time. And I asked you, the fans, how you make sure you aren't missing out on any of the action. And I love some of your answers. So joining me now to have that discussion and to update us on the joys of Disneyland is Jason Shepard. Ship, how was your time at, as they call it, the happiest place on earth? Well, I mean, when you're when that's your title, you can't uh, help but be happy when you go there. And and that's how we came back. We were happy. We enjoyed it. It was it was a good break during the football bye week. Um, we went, despite the fact that we did not anticipate mid-90s in November. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. No, legit 93, 94 um, and with a high one day of 96. Like you oh don't expect gosh. that in the in November, but look, no, not at all. I'm I will take that over freezing cold temperatures right now. We had we had a great time, <laughs> and obviously saw tons and tons of BYU fans. And I am the guy that will keep track on how many BYU fans versus how many Utah fans I see, <laughs> and it's always Cougars dominating like four or five to one. And this trip was no different because there are a lot of Cougar. Disney fans. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they're they, you know the people I'm talking about. There are some Disneyland fanatics out there. I'm not one of them, but there are a lot of BYU fans that are. It, like good it's for them. it's part of uh it's part of who we are. It's part of our DNA. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure why, but but, but, I but like it, it is. You can't disagree. Now you may it no, may not be true. your thing, but overall you cannot disagree that for whatever reason. BYU fans well, it's certainly clean, and and it's members wholesome, and members you know? of the church. Let's be. I mean, like it just fits with us. Like Disneyland, it's for whatever reason we all love it. So true. BYU <laughs> fans flock to Disneyland. Well, I'm glad you guys had a blast. You deserve it. All right. First, when was the last time in your memory ship that things were this good being a BYU fan? And I'm not just talking about one sport like right. football or basketball. I'm talking when things were this well rounded. When was the last time you could remember? Oh, my goodness. Um, like, immediately, I, I go back to maybe the Jimmer days. But, like, uh -huh. you t if you're talking, like, like every sport, like the entire athletic department and everybody doing so well and ranked in the top 25 and legit national champions in terms of, look, I mean, volleyball could win a national championship, track mm -hmm. and field, all, all of these teams. Like, when you say well-rounded, I'm sure I'm going to miss something, but I think my answer is going to be, I don't know if we've ever seen this before. And, right. and this is the reason why I say that. I think the added part of the Big 12 being on the horizon changes everything. Absolutely. I think it heightens everything in terms of fans' excitement. I think they're able to project down the road like, oh my goodness, look what we're doing now, but hey, 
look how this is going to translate when we go into the Big 12. I don't ever remember a time right now, like like we're seeing right now, where every, the entire athletic department is on just this this high in terms of winning and everybody being legit contenders and ranked high. And then you have the Big 12 stuff. I, like I said, I'm probably missing a time, maybe when I was younger, that it's just not coming to mind now. I, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this. And I think a lot of it has to do with what's coming up in 2023. I think that just has everybody excited. And it adds to everything that's currently going on on campus. I think you're right. There's something different in the air. And BYU kind of has always been known as this underdog, right? Like that was kind of part of the identity kind of like how Boise State is. So it's like you come in and crush these high-ranked Power 5 teams, but that kind of isn't BYU's identity anymore now yeah. that they are joining the Big 12. And there's this air of we belong, this is who we are, and I feel like that's one of the biggest changes that I've seen. And this obviously, Shep, is not in my memory since I wasn't born. I think you were, but oh, I was thinking is that, early is that an age 80s. joke? <laughs> I had to throw it out there. <laughs> I was thinking early 80s. When BYU had Danny Ainge hit the buzzer beater to go to the Elite Eight and Jim McMahon and and all the hype surrounding him and those Lavelle coached quarterback factory teams. But I don't know about the entire athletic department, you know, but I did hear those were some good, good times to be a BYU fan. Yeah, they were certainly some good times. Yes. And I think that created generations of Cougar fans because of it. I feel like that for that generation... That year is probably their go-to was the last time they can think of something like this. You look at the success of Danny Ainge and Jim and Steve Young and and others at that level. I think it'll be really fun years down the road to see which of these current players become legends and make it big at the next level that will create more and more uh, generations of fans. Yeah, well, look, like if, if you're talking just football and basketball, I'm like you. I mean, I was alive during those t- I was a, I was born you know, and 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 alive in the early eighties. Yeah, I mean, I was I was littler, and so obviously we know what BYU football and basketball did. But in terms of the other sports, yes. the Olympic sports, you know, because we're we're lumping them into this conversation because that that's part of this. I just don't know enough about them way back then to know. But I mean, at the end of the day, we also know that football and basketball that carries everything. But if we're talking right. well-rounded in terms of the athletic department as a whole, I just don't know enough about the others to be able to put them in there. That's why I say it, it may be right now. I think, and I think you're right. I really do. All right, I, I know you're a big fan of a few teams, including everything BYU, mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. and the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Have I missed any? Oh, the Jazz, of course. Oh, and the Utah Jazz. Oh my gosh. See BYU and the Jazz. So those are those are my top. Okay, and and then and then obviously because they're obviously local and I'm around them all the time, but yes, those are those are the top, the top tier, and then obviously then my Chiefs and my St. Louis Cardinals. Well, okay, so there are many times where there are going to be multiple of your teams playing at once, mm-hmm. let alone like BYU basketball and BYU football, which is happening next week, hap- you know, playing at the same time. But it's kind of it's kind of difficult right now, NFL, NBA. So Ship, what do you do? When you have multiple of your teams playing at the same time, what's your go-to thing to do? Well, see, it's interesting because I'm part of the broadcast, so I'm a little different than just the average fan because most of mine, it's not going to be BYU and something else because I'm involved in the broadcast for football and basketball, so I I don't necessarily have that luxury. Like, look, if I'm doing pre-half and post, uh, and, and obviously I've got, 
my headphones on to be able to hear the broadcast for for Greg and Mark doing the the basketball games. Sometimes I may have the jazz game on my computer and then the <laughs> basketball game on TV. So I'm listening to part of the feed. I'm watching part of the basketball feed as well, but then I've got the jazz off to the side. For me, the overlap is is usually with the other sports, uh-huh. uh, whether it's jazz and Chiefs at the same time. But you know, to if I'm ever in that situation. The beautiful thing is obviously with technology, you can have multiple things on, whether you have multiple TVs, whether it's a TV and a phone, a TV and a tablet. The other thing is, though, I'm a nervous fan when things aren't going well at the time. So sometimes I I will pause it because I know I can, based off of all the technology, I can pick right back up where I left off when I click on it again. So so I'll go away and watch something else or flip to the other one and pay attention to that one a little bit more and give myself a little chance because usually I feel like, hey, if I'm away for five minutes, something really, really good's going to happen and then I'll be able to come back and it will all be better. So that's kind of how I handle it. I'll just kind of go between and, and then maybe catch up. So that, that's how I handle it. But I don't okay. really get that luxury with BYU because I'm part of the broadcast. Right. I want to make fun of you so bad, but I can't because I am that exact same fan. And it makes my husband so angry. He's like, you can't be a fan and change the channel just when things are going bad. I'm like, yes, I absolutely can do that. We'll see what's I said, int- I, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still a fan. I just don't want to watch when things, <laughs> I don't know. We'll maybe see. it makes me, maybe it makes me a fair weathered fan. Well, you mentioned, know. you mentioned next weekend, you mentioned, you know, a, a week from today where yes. you've got football on the road at USC and then basketball up in Salt Lake City at Utah. So, but see, I don't have to do, I'm actually calling the basketball game. So I will oh. be at the Huntsman Center calling that game, and Greg will be in um, Southern California for the football game. So I'm, I'm going to kind of... You're going to be getting updates on your That's phone. how I'm going to have to, that's going to how, how I'll have to do it. Yeah, no question. I, I'm not not to throw Jeremy Jordan under the bus, but I remember a BYU volleyball match when BYU basketball was playing at the same time, and he's calling the volleyball match, and he has on his computer, <laughs> small in the corner, <laughs> the basketball game going. But Jerem can pull it off. Jerem Jerem has a, a wonderful mind. I feel like I would accidentally start calling the wrong game, but but I, I I asked all of you on Twitter how you navigated watching multiple games at once, and here are some of your responses I got. At S. Dottel said. Watching on my computer, TV, and phone, and lots of checking ESPN for scores and stats. I usually keep the best game on the TV, kind of like you said, (laughs) which means my team needs to be winning for it to be the best game. Yeah, I I can relate to that. My dad's a a flipper, and let me explain. It doesn't matter who's winning. So we'll be watching a game, and he's, he's got a flip. You know, like probably every couple minutes. So it's not because one team's winning or no. losing. He it's just nope. almost like a it's just a, check it's just a habit. He's got to just go back and forth. Absolutely, and it drives m- my mother insane. Uh, all right, at Frank, I'm 25. No relation. Just kidding. It's my brother. I was gonna say it's totally no my relation. Brother. He said he said I'll watch a game on my phone and one on the TV, as long as too many people aren't using all YouTube TV devices allowances. <laughs> okay, so it's a real thing. I have YouTube TV. It's a real yes! thing. So do we, and I, I thank you, Brent. Uh, he shares his account with me. And it only happens when there's a big game on, and we just keep kicking each other off. My husband's a lot better person than, than I am. He's like, no, just let, you know, like when it's, it stops you and says, three devices are already on this. And I'm like, click the button, click the button, because <laughs> then it just kicks off the next person. And he's like, oh, let's not do that. And I'm like, you're doing it. Push the button. Anyway, so thank you, Brent. Shout out to you. Uh, at B Royal Blue Coog said, I'm one of those people. I will be at the football game with the soccer game. 
on through BYU TV Sports, then switch to volleyball on WCC Sports, and be constantly checking Twitter for men's soccer and rugby scores from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. He said you can't have too much sports ever. And I agree, I agree with that. There, there's not too When somebody says, ah, it's just too much sports, I'm like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. That makes no sense <laughs> to me. Are you speaking English? That doesn't even make any sense English? to me. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for your responses. Keep them coming in. I love to hear what you have to say. Football plays Georgia Southern today, who is part of the Sunbelt Conference. And sadly, BYU fans have a bad taste in their mouth from the last time they played a Sunbelt opponent, Coastal Carolina. It was a little bit of a dirty game, Shep, and, and BYU came home with the loss. And BYU had like two days' notice before, too. Let's let's yes. also not forget oh, that part of it. Such an insane season. But they were undefeated at the time, then go and lose at Coastal Carolina. So do you think there's more motivation to stomp the, Eagle, the Eagles today merely because they are in the same conference as Coastal Carolina? I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I mean, it's okay. two completely different teams. Um, Georgia Southern is a team that's really, really struggling this year. They did snap a four-game losing streak. They are coming off of a victory over Texas State. But they've gone through a lot this year. They are very, very young. They've also dealt with injuries. And they went through a coaching change. Um, they mm-hmm. let their coach go. Uh, Clay Helton, who was the former USC coach who got let go right. earlier this year, is now the head coach. Although he's not coaching, he's going to let he's letting the, one of the interim coaches finish out the year. Uh, so Kevin Whitley is actually the interim head coach right now, and so. They've gone through a whole lot this year. I, I really don't see much tie-in in terms of like BYU using it as motivation. I think the motivation right now is just to keep this thing going because you know that with two more regular season games, you have an opportunity to improve your bowl game. Uh, maybe, look, and it may not be New Year's Six, but you still have an opportunity if you get to 10 wins, maybe maybe you do get to play in something that other than the Independence Bowl. So there's still a lot on the line. I think that's far more motivation than anything else. I think you're right. They're not they're not doing too hot right now. And how strange that BYU has played. It'll be three teams with different coaches at the time than what they like started the year with. So so interesting. Yeah. Uh, the college football landscape is just kind of like that, I guess. But and it seems but, uh, even yeah. more this year for whatever reason. I yeah, it does. It's, maybe, it's pretty crazy. It's COVID. People got lazy. You know, coaches got lazy offseason. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. But it'll be interesting, and and I asked on Twitter as well, Shep, and the majority of people, 55% agreed with you that it's not really going to play a factor in it, but 45% said absolutely. So I think there are some people that just just merely because they are part of the same conference as Coastal Carolina care, you care a little bit more right. about the game. And I think with a game like this where the team isn't doing so well, it's nice to have some sort of tie, you know, like you kind of – you kind of sometimes search for little ties to get you more excited about the game, and that could be one, you know, that just tie it in with Coastal Carolina and hope that BYU stomps up to the ground. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Jason Shepard, you are a wonderful human being. Thank oh, you so much for coming you. on with me. You're welcome. Always <laughs> oh. love doing it. Thank you. <laughs> You're awesome. All right, coming up, what do Georgia Southern fans think of the matchup today, and what are some of the Statesboro hotspots? Eagles radio broadcaster and producer Colin Lacey joins me next on Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. This is the very first time BYU has played Georgia Southern in its history, and the Cougars are not only the first team from Utah the Eagles have ever played, but also the highest-ranked opponent to play at Allen E. Paulson Stadium 
a lot of firsts happening. And joining me now to help us get to know the Georgia Southern Eagles a little bit better is radio announcer and producer Colin Lacey. Thanks for coming on, Colin. Appreciate you having me, guys. All right, first off, for those of us who have never been to Statesboro, Georgia, what's the town like? It's a smaller town. It's very much a college town. The town is only about 20,000 people um, with the college now with the three different locate with the three different campuses right around 30,000. So there's more students than people in the town, which sounds crazy, but it's, it's a small <laughs> town, but a very passionate fan base um, and really, really excited for this matchup this weekend. That's awesome. Honestly, some of the small college towns are the best. They just have like the best feeling uh, in the town. So uh, I'm excited about it. And I was told we had to visit a place called Nats. G-N-A-T-S. Oh, yeah. uh, you need to explain that a little bit. What is Nats? So when Irk, Coach Irk Russell, who started the football program back in the early 80s, he came down after being the defensive coordinator from Georgia and really started the program and got the town involved in a lot of different ways, but the biggest part was he was a miracle worker in the span of trying to sell what was not there. So when Georgia Southern started the program, they had to go to Alabama to get uniforms, had to go to Tennessee to get equipment, different places because they didn't have anything. And a lot of those traditions still hold true today. For the BYU fans coming out, they will see what's called the Eagle Walk, where Georgia Southern will load up on yellow school buses because yellow school buses are what Georgia Southern have ridden to the stadium ever since Georgia Southern restarted the program in the early 80s. And so part of what it was, the practice fields were on the banks of what Coach Russell called Beautiful Eagle Creek, when really and truly it's a drainage ditch. But he called it Beautiful <laughs> Eagle Creek, and it's the Nat capital of America because oh when you're out there in late August when it's 110 degrees, the Nats are out, and uh, that's where – Everybody started calling that place Nats. <laughs> that is insane. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Uh, so, I mean, do they drive you nuts? Like, are there so many that it gets super annoying there? Oh, it's terrible. And the worst wow. part is they're flying around your ears. They're flying around your nose. Like, just them being out there is fine. But when they start getting around your face is when it gets crazy. And it's nothing to walk through and see a cloud of gnats. You'll see oh. it, it's, it's, it's rough. Well, well, maybe it'll get. I feel like the football players are going to need some windshield wipers or something to play. Uh, is it? Do, do, is it at the stadium as well? Are there a bunch of nets there? Normally, it is. Once you get later into the season, once you hit late September into October, is when the nets start to kind of go away for a few months at least. They'll come back in probably March and April. But right now, the nets aren't too bad, so uh, so it's not going to be too bad for the Cougars. <laughs> I love that. All right. For tourists coming to town, what is something people have to do or see in your opinion? Depending on where people are staying, there's a lot of people I know that stay in Savannah. River Street is fantastic. Savannah only about 45 minutes away from Statesboro. And so it's a nice place to stay, be able to experience what Savannah has to offer, really historic city. And then when you get into Statesboro, there's a couple of local places. You talked about Nats. There's a, uh, a place right across from the stadium, the Blue Room, if you're into kind of the more exciting scene after the game, but it's uh, there's a lot of really good local places. This Statesboro is actually where Zaxby's started. And so the original mm -hmm. Zaxby's just across the street from campus. And, uh, and so there's a lot of good food down here, but for the biggest thing, people need to come to experience the tailgate right outside mm -hmm. the front gates of Allen E. Paulson stadium. 
there's a big tailgate lot. That's actually where we do our tailgate show two hours prior to the game. And there is all kinds of just wonderful food that you would ever want coming to South Georgia and being able to experience the tailgate is a, a lot of fun down here. Oh, sounds amazing. Georgia has some of the best food. And Colin, you've had your hand in most of the sports at Georgia Southern and have been there for about a decade, as you mentioned before. What drew you to Georgia, Georgia Southern University in the first place? So I came down as a student, got plugged in with the radio network when I first got here in 2012. Um, both of my parents are alums of Georgia Southern. My cousin is an alum of Georgia Southern. My aunt is an alum of Georgia Southern. So we tried to get a, uh, a buy one, get one free deal, but they didn't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it, Georgia Southern's been a part of me ever since I uh, are growing up. I, there's a picture still at my parents' house of me about two or three years old with a Georgia Southern College sweatshirt on because when my parents were here, it was still Georgia Southern College and then changed to Georgia Southern University in the early 90s. That's awesome. How, how would you describe Eagles fans to us? What are they known for? The passion. Right or wrong, Georgia Southern is one of the most passionate fan bases that you're going to come across. We had somebody that was uh, part of our radio network, Chris Blair is now the voice of the LSU fighting tigers down in Baton Rouge. And he has talked about when he made the transition from Georgia Southern to LSU, that there's a lot more LSU tiger fans, but the passion is just about on the same level. And so the passion that Georgia Southern shows, and it's going to be out in full force this weekend, earlier on today, the ticket office announcing there's less than 200 tickets available. So looking right around 20 to 25,000 people, inside Allen E. Paulson Stadium, maybe a little bit more, going to be one of the more exciting environments inside Paulson. And that's really what Georgia Southern talks about a lot, the power of Paulson. Even when a couple of weeks ago we were playing Coastal Carolina, who is nationally ranked as well, they came in and it was frigid cold, pouring down rain. And technically there are really only about 6,000 in the seats, but they were loud and it still felt like about 20,000. So the passion and being able to experience what a game day in Statesboro is like is really fun. Well, it's going to be a fun game. I know there's going to be a lot of BYU fans there as well. You mentioned the Eagle Walk and some tailgating. What's your favorite Georgia Southern tradition, would you say? Oh, my goodness. Traditions is what Georgia Southern is really built on. We talked about Coach Eric Russell really installing that blue-collar feel for Georgia Southern, but the biggest part of it is Georgia Southern feels like just one big family. Whether you're walking past somebody in a tailgate lot that you met five minutes ago, they'll welcome you in, fix you a plate of food, and you're part of the family now. And so I think BYU fans are going to see kind of the hospitality is off the charts around here. And then even if BYU, when BYU comes out on top, it uh, they'll still be nice to you afterwards, I promise. <laughs> I love that. There really is nothing like Southern hospitality. It's a great thing. Georgia's a great place. All right, BYU is ranked 14th in the nation, which is the highest ranked team to come into Statesboro. How are fans feeling about the Cougars coming into town this weekend? It's been a tough season for Georgia Southern, just three and seven on the year, two and five in conference play. And the last two home games have been two of the tougher opponents that ever been in Paulson Stadium. Talked about Coastal Carolina coming in. At the time, they were ranked 21st they were the highest ranked opponent to come into Paulson stadium. So back to back home games where you have the highest ranked opponent coming in to Paulson, but everybody sees what BYU has. And you guys know it as well as anybody. When you look at somebody like Tyler Algier at quarterback, Jaron Hall or Algier at running back, Jaron Hall at quarterback, it's going to be a tall task for Georgia Southern. There's no doubt about it, but it's one that Georgia Southern welcomes. They Georgia Southern's not a place to back down from a fight. 
couple of years ago, opened up the season in 2019 at LSU when everything was starting to get going of what Joe Burrow and Joe Brady were making down at LSU in that national championship run. But Georgia Southern's not going to back down from the fight, but definitely realize that it is a, a very daunting task ahead of them. And you obviously know your team well and have covered them uh, all season. What's going to have to happen for the Eagles to find success against BYU? You're going to have to have some of the young players that have been forced into action. You've got four or five different guys on the defensive side that are having to step up because of season-ending injuries. You had three different linebackers go down for Georgia Southern within the span of a week earlier on in the season. So the biggest part is you've got Michael Edwards and Eldrick Robinson really locking down the middle of that linebacking core, and they're two true freshmen. And so you've got to really rely on a lot of young guys and guys that at the beginning of the season didn't know exactly what you were going to see out of them if you were going to see them at all on the field Mm -hmm. for Georgia Southern. And then on the offensive side, you look at somebody like Justin Tomlin, Cam Ransom, both of them were banged up last week against Texas State, so you don't know if they're going to be going. The third-string quarterback is a guy named Connor Sigelski coming in, and he hasn't taken a snap for Georgia Southern this year. So if that's what it is, his first snap might be against number 14 in the country, BYU. So welcome to the party. <laughs> and so it's going to be interesting to see how some of those guys bounce back and respond. But if there's something that Georgia Southern has preached all season long, it's been that next man up mentality that everybody across college football talks about. Well, his family's probably freaking out. <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> so as you mentioned, it's a, it's a really small town Statesboro. So when coastal Carolina ranked teams like coastal Carolina, BYU come in, how does that change the feeling of the town? It's a lot of fun to be here, especially the way the weather's supposed to be later on today, but It's supposed to be a beautiful day in Southeast Georgia, not too hot like it normally is around here, but being able to have the 50s, 60s weather and then bright sunshine, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere at Paulson Stadium. Again, talked about it a little bit earlier. Yesterday, just 200 tickets left. That doesn't include what's walk up on game day. And so you're going to see a lot of people inside Paulson Stadium. And we know you're going to see a lot of BYU faithful. I think I heard earlier on this week that BYU Atlanta chapter of the Alumni Association had bought 2,000 tickets. The Charlotte chapter, I believe, bought 1,700 tickets. And oh so goodness. they've pretty much taken over the rack, which is the recreation center on campus, just probably a mile or so away from Paulson Stadium. They've taken over that entire parking lot for the BYU tailgate. So it's going to be a lot of fun to have a lot of BYU people, a lot of Georgia Southern people packed into the same stadium with a really good atmosphere. Sounds like it's going to be a blast. Eagles radio announcer and producer Colin Lacey. Colin, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Colin Lacey and Jason Shepard for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. It's game day, baby. This is Cougar Tailgate. Cougar Tailgate.